Welcome to the Two-Way Radio Show. I'm Rick Savoy. I'm Danny Feimster. And Anthony Roquet is out today. And this is the podcast about two-way radios for business and consumer communications. Today we'll talk about the new Ocean KGUV8H amateur two-way radio and give you an overview of its features. We'll also give you an update on the status of the new FCC license application fees, tell you about some manufacturer promotions on CBN business radios, and take some of your comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Our show is sponsored by buytwowayradios.com, the source of two-way radios and radio accessories for businesses and consumers since 2002. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Buytwowayradios.com. Your radio specialists. Ocean has been on a roll lately, first with the KG805 series of consumer radios that include FRS, MERS, and GMRS models, and more recently, a GMRS mobile radio, the KG1000G, which is proving to be extremely popular. The company now has a supercharged dual-band portable handheld amateur transceiver with up to 8 watts of power called the KGUV8H. Could this be the next big thing from Ocean? Uh, I think, well, first of all, Rick, I want to say Happy New Year. This is our first podcast of 2021. Uh, well, Happy New Year. So, Happy uh, New Year on uh, mid-February, uh, <laughs> in mid-February. <laughs> um, better late than never, right? Yep. Um, this KGUV8H I am uh, super excited about. I think that this is what I'm going to call now my my favorite analog HT. I've been playing with one of these for a while, while uh, months actually, as we've waited on official FCC approval um, mm-hmm. for this thing. But it really improves the KGUV8D series of radio in exactly the right ways that you would want uh, improvement. Now, now the 8D has been around for a few years and is really popular, um, but it's kind of lost out to the 9 series, uh, the um, Ocean KGUV9D, KGUV9P. Over the last year or so, you've seen the 9 series become uh, more and more popular. But I think with this new KGUV8H, the 8 Series is back on top for me. Now, this is very much like the UV8D, the UV8D+, 9D, those kind of radios that Ocean has put out in the past. But uh, but there are some important differences with this radio. Uh, what are we looking at here? Uh, well, first of all, I guess let me um, give, give the main differences between the 8 and the 9 Series. The, the 8... Um, the old 8D radio and the 8D plus, the KGUV8D and KGUV8D plus, um, were, uh, popular because they're, they're dual band, uh, UHF, VHF, and, uh, they have simultaneous reception, simultaneous, um, simultaneous receive across multiple bands. So they're, um, they're full featured radios. They have cross band repeat built in and they're great for doing things, uh, like, working satellites. We hear uh, a lot of times customers buy this radio specifically because they want to work satellites. Mm-hmm. But um, the 9D series, big improvement over the 8 series is that it has a wider receive band. The 9 series has, uh, it, it will receive um, air band. It'll receive all the way into the 700 to 900 megahertz range. Um mm-hmm. 
it won't transmit on those frequencies, but it's it's a wider receive range. And uh, I believe it'll also receive on uh, AM modulation, not just FM. So that's a, a big difference for the 9 series. Um, but the 8H that we're talking about today has all of the same features as the 8D, but they've made some improvements in some key areas. First of all, and most noticeable, is the display. The screen on the 8H has been, it's about the same size screen. The 8H is a little bit larger of an area on screen, but not by much. But what they've done is rotate the screen to where it's a, a landscape orientation, not a portrait orientation. So you can fit more onto the screen. It feels like a much, much larger screen just because of the way that it it's set up and the, the way the display works. Now, um, it when you're looking at two bands on the screen at the same time, the band that's active, the font is larger for that display area. So it, it's um, more apparent which band um, or which area you're working with. And the alternate area is is still prominent enough. You can see it. It's not hard to read or anything like that. So the the display is the biggest improvement in my opinion. I I would think that the display being more horizontal than vertical, um, I would find that a lot uh, more comfortable on the eyes. And the reason is because your your eyes are set for peripheral views, and this is more of a peripheral type of of display, you know, with a, a wider angle. And I've always felt more comfortable watching movies on the big screen that are widescreen. And that's just because it's a more natural field of view uh, than a vertical. And, and that's one of the things that kind of bugs me about watching some of these, you know, these little TikTok videos and stuff where everything's vertical. Those things kind of bug me. I can't really watch those. So when I look at a display, like say for a radio, um, something that's a little more uh, vertical than horizontal, I, I I have a tendency to not feel as comfortable looking at that kind of a display as I do looking at one that's set horizontally. It's just it it's just more of a natural feel to it when you're looking at it. Does that make sense? It, it absolutely does, and, and I agree. And looking at the radio, the way that the horizontal orientation was implemented. It's the most impressive part because you have uh, a lot more width to work with. And even the reduced height of the screen seems to be more of an advantage than a disadvantage because of the way they implemented it. Showing mm -hmm. um, the the two areas on screen at the same time, they used to be the exact, they, they looked exactly the same. So yeah. area A was on top, area B was on the bottom. And the only way you could differentiate between which area you were on is there, there's an icon called that says main over to the right of the area that's currently active. Mm -hmm. Well, now that's still there, but the active area is also larger. The active area takes up probably two thirds of the display, whereas the non-active area takes up one third of the display. But you still get all of the information on screen. So it's it's just a much better layout. And uh, another thing they've done with a display is, is they've reversed the colors. So it, instead of uh, blue text on a white background, I believe, for um, is how the 8D and 9 series is, is set up. This is uh, white text or colored text, I guess you should say. There, I should say there's... Um, green, blue, and white text on a dark background. So it's a much more attractive display as well. It's a little reminiscent of the type of reverse display that was on uh, one of the Baofengs that we had. What was that the BFF9? Uh, I, I have one of those right behind me, as a matter of fact, and I haven't looked at it for a long time just because uh, the display, at first I thought was pretty cool, and then it kind of, 
Yeah, I was like, I, I, there were some situations where it didn't look as good, you know, if you're in broad daylight or something as it does at night. But that was because that was a little different of a display because it was more pixelated and it was a lot smaller. This looks a lot different than that because, first of all, it's larger and it's a color display. It's not just a black on white display like the Baofeng was. With the colors, I think that makes a big difference, makes a huge difference in visually. Yeah, I don't think it's it's a good comparison at all. With The, the Baofeng display is like an LCD type display where it's, it's, uh, it's alarm clock like, you know, with mm-hmm. um, little squares making up the, uh, the digit. This is a full graphical display. It's full color. Um, it, it's, a very nice and professional uh, looking display on this radio. And, and um, I've used it outside occasionally. I'm mainly using it in the house, um, mm-hmm. but uh, outside I haven't really had uh, an issue seeing the screen. Now it's still auto dims itself after a while. Mm-hmm. So, um, you have to like if you haven't used the radio in a while. You have to uh, like I'll hit the exit button to get it to to brighten up. Um, if is I, there adjustment for that uh, in the menu? Yeah, there's there's an adjustment for the length of time that the backlight stays on, and you can have it always stay on. But of course, it's going to be a bigger drain on the battery if you do that. But uh, okay. some of the other features of this radio that we we probably need to, to get onto. Are the uh, is the power? The power is a big improvement. People like on the nine series that um, there's a, a KGUV nine P that is a ten watt radio, and we sell the nine P, and it's a very popular radio. This is an eight watt VHF, six watt UHF radio, and um, Ocean wanted to bring this out as a ten watt. But I actually, <laughs> yeah, I actually asked them to back that down just just a bit, and it's it's not that I feel that the ten watt is dangerous, but um, with with other radio series like GMRS or business radios, those radios have to get approved by the FCC. And in order to get approved by the FCC, they have to pass a test called uh, SAR, which is a basically yeah. a, a measurement of the RF that's released from the radio. And it has to be within an acceptable range. And 8 watts is about as high as you can go and still pass a SAR test. Mm-hmm. So I, I ask them to back it down to 8, just because the, the realistically the difference between 8 and 10 watts is negligible you're not you're really not going to notice you're going to notice that difference more in the amount of battery life you're going to lose more than the range you're going to gain if that makes sense yeah you'd have to jump it up to you know like 12 or 15 watts to really make that difference noticeable really on handheld yeah eight watts is uh, a a really good number and I like the the fact that it could pass SAR if necessary. Now it doesn't have to pass SAR. This is an amateur radio, and it amateur doesn't have to get approved by the FCC for transmitting on um, the amateur bands. So th- this right. SAR requirement isn't um, necessary, which is probably why you see other radios that are ten watts and and higher out there. But I. I didn't feel comfortable like pushing that envelope. Do you know this this radio is exclusive to buytwoayradios.com. So you know other people can, you know, sell 15 watt radios or whatever, but I don't I don't well, want to be the one to raise that. We I kind of feel like we're going to get into a situation where one company's going to come out with a 10 watt radio and then another's going to come out with a 12 watt radio and then a 15 watt radio and you're going to end up just going for the higher number. And, uh, you know, a lot of people that buy these don't really understand that the once you get past a certain number of, of watts on a handheld, it's it's not going to make that much difference. 
Well, I think that's a dangerous road to go down uh, marketing-wise for some of these companies to try to do that anyway for a couple of reasons. I want to, you know, first of all, you know, how much power is too much power? And we covered that in a previous episode of the two-way radio show where we, we talked about – because we, we, I think we got one – I forgot who made it. Was it uh, Lation? Yeah, it was Lation that, that, that we talked yeah, about. Yeah, that said it. And the thing was huge. It was like a brick, and we're talking about a – what was it, 25-watt handheld, something like that was ridiculous. And I wouldn't want that thing close to to my face. I really wouldn't. Um, and the, for the second reason, I think it's a kind of a dangerous road as far as the companies competing with each other uh, are concerned in the fact that everybody's going to be busy trying to one-up each other on wattage. And at the end of the day, it's really not going to make that much of a difference. All it's going to do is just cause more uh, confusion. It's it's the old thirty six mile range to fifty mile range thing uh, uh, controversy. You, you know, companies are going to get caught up in all that and forget about the really important things with the radio, which is, uh, I think, in my opinion, come down to uh, the durability, the quality, the uh, what you can do with the radio, the feature sets. Uh, compatibility with other radios, things like that, that I, I think really count more in many cases than just how much power it has. And, and that, that's just my that's just my take on it. It's just my opinion, but uh, well, that's... I, I feel like we're underselling the power improvement on this radio. I mean, going from 5 watts um, from the 8D to 8 watts on uh, the 8H, mm-hmm. that's a good power improvement an eight watt handheld radio is going to get you if if you're not able to hit a repeater with eight watts then there's probably some other reason or something else that you need to be looking at um as to why maybe you're in a poor location maybe you're you're uh getting blocked for uh, somewhere but it's it's not um really there's not a range problem that 10 watts is going to solve that 8 watts won't solve. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. And at the very beginning of the show, when I mentioned that it was a supercharged radio, it's really kind of talking about the power, uh, but I was also talking about some of the other features in here, like, for instance, the display, which I think it's kind of, uh, in a way, it's sort of, you're sort of supercharging a uh, an 8D or, or a 9D plus, that sort of thing. But we, we've got some other features in here as well that... I think are, are really worth noting uh, right right out of the box. I mean, besides the, what, well, has 999 channels in it, right? Oh, the, and, uh, the uh, big one for me also is the, the NOAA weather. Exactly. That's another one. I think that really supercharges this radio because how many amateur radios, dual-band amateur radios, have NOAA weather channels and weather alerts built into the radio by default. I mean, usually the hands are, are programming those in, and which is not you know that big of a deal really in in most cases because uh, an old ham you know is usually an old hand at at programming, so it's not that big of a deal. But it, it you know it can be a hassle. It's it's one less thing they have to deal with. You know, if you just uh, go right in and they're there. There's a couple of things that are special about this model, and and these are firmware changes that we worked with Ocean to implement in this radio. And it's the first time that I know of that we um, see these types of things in an Ocean handheld radio. And most of these import amateur radios don't have a dedicated NOAA mode. Mm -hmm. But um, we did this with the KG-1000G GMRS mobile radio. But now, um, with the 8HT, what you do is, um, if you hold down the number one key on the keypad for, uh, two to three seconds, it will put the, the radio in NOAA weather mode. And then it'll remember the last weather channel you were on, and you'll get to listen to the continuous broadcast from the, the NOAA tower that you last selected. Which is a pretty cool feature on its own because uh, you, you don't have to fumble around and, and try to find the channel you were listening to earlier, the, the NOAA station you were listening to earlier. It's just there. Like you were saying, you don't have to go in and um, program in that NOAA frequency into a channel list somewhere. It's just it's there in a special mode. You just hold down the number one 
and boom, you've got your weather report. Um, but what I like even better is we, we've added NOAA weather alerts to this model. So you can go into the menu and turn on weather alerts. And w- what happens in the background is uh, the radio constantly scans between um, the where, you, where you're currently doing and that weather channel that, that you have selected. Mm-hmm. And if NOAA sends out an alert or um, triggers a severe weather alert, something like that, you get a, a notification on the radio to let you know that you need to flip over to your weather channel to listen to the update. And that's something that's not easily programmed in some of those other radios. Uh, there are some uh, ham radios, ham handheld radios like that that really don't have an option for you to do something like that. Oh, no, so ab- got- absolutely not. That's something that uh, you, you almost have to have built-in NOAA features in order to get that. Mm-hmm. So I think, that's, uh, I think that's another reason to call it a supercharged radio. <laughs> I think you're exactly right. Um, the uh, let's see, what else do we have here? We've we've got a uh, larger battery, battery capacity. Yeah, that's uh, maybe that's another reason to call it a supercharged radio. This uh, the KGUV eight HT includes right out of the box a thirty two hundred milliamp battery. I've been using this thing for a couple of months, Rick, and. Um, mm-hmm. I can leave this on standby for days and days and days on my desk. And That's pretty cool. It runs. It's, I, I get, depending on how much I'm transmitting is how long it will last. But if I, if I weren't transmitting and I just sat this thing on my desk, I, I think maybe three or four days this would sit here and run in standby. Mm-hmm. Well, I would think that it would be just – logical to have a larger battery in uh you know packed with this radio to begin with just because this is an eight watt radio and you're going to need more uh more power but uh you know you'd think well maybe a 2600 milliamp battery or something like that 3200 milliamps is quite a quite a bit uh, what was so the, the standard battery on the ad good. plus is that um 1700 milliamp I think so. Uh, well, some of our models, I think we pack with a an upgrade that's part of the package for 2,600 milliamps, I believe. Okay. The, the original KGUV-8D included a 1,700 milliamp battery. Now, um, we, we sold a special upgraded version that included a 2,600 milliamp battery, but the, the standard 8D included the 1,700 milliamp battery. So this right. is... At 3,200, you're talking almost double what the standard 8D included. The KGUV-8H is also IP66 waterproof. It is. It is. That's that's also a a, uh, very big improvement from the regular 8 series and the 9 series. No, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely a big deal. It's... um, and you can see when you take up take the battery off, when you look at the audio accessory port, uh, everything is now rubberized. So um, I don't think that at IP66 it's okay to to submerge in water, but not for thirty minutes and up to one meter for thirty minutes. But uh, uh, I I think you can. I think it can take a bit of a dunking, can it? I think you can drop it. It just can't go very deep. The, the point is, I don't think people are going swimming with these radios. I think people need them to, um, you know, work very well if you're out in a rainstorm or if, if you're out in severe weather. Um, and at IP666, that's not going to be an issue with this radio. I, I wouldn't dunk it in a pool, but um, <laughs> in, basically anything short of that, this radio is going to be just fine. And just because you can doesn't mean you should. <laughs> that's that's the short. Ah, you sh- you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> not if you don't want to avoid what, your warranty. <laughs> whatever Rick's encouraging you not to do, I think you should do. <laughs> uh, um, don't avoid. So don't avoid your IP warranty. six. 
So that is that everything that's that's new here? Let's see. We've got the the new larger a landscape oriented display. We've got mm-hmm. a power increase from five to eight watts. We've got IP sixty six waterproof. We've got NOAA weather mode with the alerts. We've got the larger capacity battery. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a lot, and that's that's what's new from the KGUV eight D to the KGUV-8H. Um, so the big question that I think customers are going to have, Rick, is what should I buy? Should I buy a 9P with its uh, wide receive bands and its 10 watts of power? Or should I get a KGUV-8H? Oh, well, good question. What to do, what to do. Um, right. That's what everyone has on their mind, I believe, when they're they're looking to buy a dual band analog radio. I, I really don't think it gets any better than these two ocean models. If, yeah. if you're looking for a dual band HT in the Im- import radio category, these these are fantastic options. But which is better? I have a personal mm. opinion, but maybe you you have some thoughts as well. I would. Um I would tend to go with the uh, okay. Well, here's the thing. I'm I'm a little torn on this because to me, the eight watts isn't that big of a deal for me. I can uh, you know I can do a five right. watt. I can deal with you, a five watt radio and I have a problem. Yeah, you've been using um, an eight D for a, a long time, right? And then yeah, the five yeah. watts is giving you everything that you need. Yeah, the, the power much, is not yeah. significant for you, but the power. Yeah. 8 watts, 10 watts is really the same between the 9 and the, the 8 anyway. The I do 9P like that, and the 8H. I do like that 3200 milliamp battery. I do like that. Yeah. I think so. that it comes down to... The weather. Um, the weather alerts. That, I think, is a big one. I I, I would think that I might want to go with this radio just for the weather alerts. So I don't have to program yeah. the, the weather channels in manually. For me, like it comes down to: Do you need the the expanded receive range? If you've got, uh, you know, a, a fascination with listening to the airband channels and you, you like knowing what's going on with aircraft, then clearly the nine series is for you. Well, I but like you, knowing that no aircraft's going to fall down on my house. But other than that, I, I really don't. Personally, myself, I don't really um, keep up with that much. So, you know, it's not something that – because I try not to go on airplanes um, much myself. Now, if someone is into aircraft, if they're into flying, things like that, that then, yeah, that, that might be a better option right. for them. But for me, nah, not not really. I like to stay on the ground. So I think I'd I, probably stick with, with the 8H. I'm there, Rick. I, 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 I use this as a ham radio. So what's important to me is, does it cover the ham bands? Does it give me two meter, 70 centimeter? Because that's what I'm looking for in this radio. I, I don't really care about receiving air band or receiving seven to 900 megahertz. So for me, it's a clear choice. You mean you get the, the waterproofing that the nine series doesn't have. You get the weather alerts. Um, so. I mean, don't get me wrong. The IP is a great radio, but it's it's just I, I, I think for I my agree. needs, I think the 8H would be sufficient. Yeah, I think I, I said earlier in the show that uh, I think this is going to be my recommended um, analog uh, dual band HT, and and that's why I, I think it beats the 9P because even though it doesn't have the wide receive range. It does everything else, and it's got so much that the nine series doesn't have it with the, the waterproofing and the, the nicer screen mm-hmm. and the weather. Yeah, as I mentioned before, I th- the the weather mode is is a big one for me. Big reason that I would uh, stick with the eight H. Uh, so uh, I guess everyone, if you're interested in the new KGUV eight H, we've got it. Listed for sale right now at buytwowayradios.com. Uh, Rick, uh, do we have a promotion or anything going on on that? Uh, at the moment, I don't think we do. But, but you can use uh, promo code SHOW oh, oh, at oh, checkout and save 5%. <laughs> yeah, I completely I, I set that. you up and you whiffed. <laughs> I, was, I set you up for the, the 
knocking it out of the park with the promotion and the promo code show plug, but you got me. Strike one. Well, Anthony's <laughs> not here this, this this episode, so you know he normally he'd uh, he'd remind me, or he'd take it <laughs> and he'd go with it. <laughs> yes, use right. promo code show at checkout. Save five percent on your order. That's for uh, everyone here listening to the two way radio show. So this this radio retails for one fifty nine ninety nine. And if you're listening to this shortly after it's released, we are going to be out of stock on this radio mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, because we released it a couple of weeks ago and they all sold out like right away. Um, and we had this podcast scheduled, but so and we wanted to put out some information on it. But if you order it, it's not going to ship until... We get our next shipment, which is going to happen after the Chinese New Year celebration ends. Um, so it's going to be a couple of weeks. But go ahead and get your, your order in. We we will fill them in the, the order that uh, they were received. You know, we should probably give a, a quick update on the status of the KG-805 and uh, KG-1000 series radios because uh, those both those radios, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, have become extremely popular, so much so that they're very difficult to keep in stock. And I mean, we, we buy these things by the hundreds and they're, they're, they're just out of stock, you know, after a day or two, that's just how popular they've become. And, uh, I think for those wondering, well, um, when, when are they going to be back in stock? Um, it's probably a good idea to, to let everyone know what the status of those are. Yeah, it's, it's going to be um, pretty much the same situation as with the 8H here. As soon as Chinese New Year is over, um, they're, they're going to uh, get a shipment out to us. And it's probably, we're going to send them air like we have been for the last few weeks. Is ever, Everything's, like Rick said, everything's been crazy for, for this year with these radios. So we're taking them about as fast as Ocean can make them. And uh, we're having everything flown over, so the, the shipping's expensive, but at least it's fast, and we're getting orders out in a, a reasonable amount of time. Uh, so probably mid-March is what we're looking at mm-hmm. with the 805s and the KG-1000Gs. Uh, we did get a shipment yesterday of the KG-1000Gs, and... Um, they're probably going to be gone by the time this this podcast is yeah. released. But well, check check our site if you if you've been waiting on one. Check our site if if it doesn't say back ordered, then um, you're you're in luck. Get your order in quick. I know for those of you who are GMRS uh, users, that's not really the answer you want to hear right now because th- these are. Very popular radios with a lot of great features in them. Um, and, you know, I, I have an 805G here. I have uh, a 1000G here. I use them, and they're really, really awesome radios. Uh, so I, I understand. Uh, it's just we're just well, getting them out to me, you as quick as we can. Let me put a good spin on it, Rick. Um, okay. We haven't, we haven't discussed this because uh, we haven't done a podcast yet this year, but uh, the FCC announced – um, a little while back that they're going to be reducing the GMRS fee from $70 every 10 years to $35 every 10 years. So we keep hearing from, if there are people that are just, I mean, GMRS is getting more and more popular, but there are people that are just joining GMRS, just getting licensed. So mm-hmm. if you, um, if you haven't got your license yet, wait until the 805Gs and the 1000Gs are back in stock, then may perhaps by then the $35 um, reduction will have uh, gone into effect. Yeah, speaking of updates on that, I mean, of course, we initially announced that that the FCC was considering doing this. And then, of course, the FCC did approve the new license fees. Now, that's kind of a mixed bag because for the hams, uh, the fee was going to go up to $35. For the GMRS, it's going down to $35. So it's kind of a mixed 
it's kind of a mixed uh, bag on that. And there have been some strong emotions on each side. We've been receiving a lot of comments on this. We have a lot of comments on our blog and our, our forums regarding both um, in the positive and the negative. So we understand this is an emotional topic <laughs> on both ends. But uh, the fees, the new fees are not going into effect until 30 days after they're published in the Federal Register. I check the Federal Register on almost a daily basis. I, and as a matter of fact, I just checked it again just for the show, and uh, I have not seen the the report and order show up in the Federal Register yet. So um, when it so does, that, then we do the countdown. So that means that it's we're at least 30 days away. At if least. they show up tomorrow, then it's going to be uh, a month before the change goes into effect. Pretty much, correct? yeah. Then, then you know what? I I wouldn't get too too tensed up about it because the government moves as the government moves <laughs> very slowly. So who knows? It could be. I've heard a lot of rumors. Some people are saying, "Oh, it's not going to be till summer. It won't be till the end of March. It won't be till the end of April." A lot of there's a lot of speculation out there. And really, the fact is, nobody really knows until it gets posted in the Federal Register as to when this is going to happen. Then we can do that countdown from there. But it, it could be, it might show up in the Federal Register tomorrow. It might not show up for another month or two. Uh, it just depends on when it gets published. And yeah, um, I think the, the bad thing with that is that there are people that are kind of like in limbo right now. They want to mm. they want to get licensed for GMRS, but they don't want to miss out on a uh, $35 price break if this thing goes into effect tomorrow. So the, I guess the thing to know is that you're at least 30 days away. Mm-hmm. Right? So if if you yeah. can't if you don't want to wait 30 days, it's you may as well go ahead and pay the 70 bucks. It's not going to be something where uh, you you buy you get licensed today and then tomorrow is thirty five dollars less because we do have yeah. that federal register period where once it gets published then we'll have a clear thirty days from now there'll be a thirty day countdown to the fee change. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and for those who've been waiting for the eight hundred five Gs to go back in stock. You know, we also have the 805F and the 805FS, which is the FRS version. GMRS and FRS can talk to each other. And I know it's not really any real consolation for those who want to specifically get an 805G so they can hit the nearest repeater or something like that. But if you're looking for a really uh, durable, reliable radio on FRS that makes the most of the power on FRS, uh, the 805Gs aren't available at the moment, and the 805F is a pretty decent option too. Because you can you can use it license free. You don't even need to get the license. You don't have to worry about the seventy dollars or the thirty five dollars. Get an 805F or an FS and and use it now. And uh, when the 805Gs come back in stock, and and the the price for the or the cost of the license for GMRS goes down to thirty five dollars. Then uh, get your GMRS license, and you know what? You still have the FRS radios, plus it's the same series, so all of the accessories, the batteries, the chargers, everything else that works with the FRS, you can use for the 805G as well, and uh, you're you're good. You have you have everything there. Yeah, that's a good point, Rick. I think we probably need to do a better job on the website of letting people that that are. Looking for an 805G, letting them know that the F is out there. We, we kind of, with, with the F, market it more towards business because there, there are a lot of businesses that are using, um, like low end FRS radios. Yeah. And we brought out the F because, um, if you're a business and you're using 25 cheap FRS walkie talkies, maybe you don't want to go out and buy $25, business radios to replace them with, but you're sick of low quality radios that are breaking all the time. So we thought, yeah. hey, we'll bring out this uh, 805F and now businesses can gradually switch over 
to a better quality radio and um, keep their existing fleet. You know, Azure, um, Cobra, uh, walkie-talkie, as they break, you know, you go with, uh, replace them with an 805F. And uh, we've seen um, that uh, we've seen companies do that, but you're right. It, it's probably something we should market a little bit more towards uh, end users, especially when, when the stock on the 805G is, is um, low. Yeah. I've been thinking about doing a, an article on this because I think uh, it would actually, I think help uh, those who are, on the fence about getting their GMRS license and then trying to get an 805G radio. And look, there's the best of both right there. It's a license-free 805F. It's an FRS that'll talk to the uh, 805G. They'll talk to each other. And, and yeah, there are some limitations on FRS, but you know, it's a full two-watt radio. And that's something you don't see very... As a matter of fact, I think it's the only... FRS radio out on the market at the moment that does a full two watts. Most of them do much less than that. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's the best. I, I'm pretty confident saying it's the best quality FRS radio on mm-hmm. the market. You know, someone did a um, a review. It just posted uh, a day or two ago on the MyGMRS forum where they, they compared the 805G to um, a Midland GXT-1000 and like six or seven like high quality Motorola business radios, hmm. and uh, his conclusion was that the 805G from Ocean performed just as well as the Motorola's. Which um, that's pretty that's pretty cool uh, actually. That's you you really can't cool. ask for more than that in a eighty dollar radio. And yeah, the, that's pretty the awesome. 805, the 805F is the same radio as an 805G. The only thing different is the firmware. See, the, the quality of the, the hardware is the same. It's identical. I mean, it's literally the same radio. It's just programmed differently and it has well, a fixed antenna. Yeah, I was going to say the antenna's not detachable, but, uh, um, and it won't get you the, GMRS repeater channels, but other than that, I mean, you know, right? It, it's it's the same the radio; part, it's, it's the just same. programmed differently. Yeah. So um, there's an option. There are always options, right? There are always options. Well, let's see, Rick. I, before we conclude here, I've got a couple of other things that uh, are on on my list that we need to just uh, mention. The president, uh, the CB radio manufacturer, has a rebate. Uh, running through the end of this month on the Adams FCC CB radio. It's a $10 rebate. Yeah. So I just want to make uh, sure everybody's good. aware of that. As and a matter of fact, I think they extended that one. It was originally going to end in January and they extended it uh, to, to the end of February. So that, that was pretty cool. Um, Motorola also has um, a very nice rebate promotion running uh, when you buy six Motorola CLS CLP RM or RD series radios you get a free radio for every six that you buy but on the DLR and DTR digital series if you buy six you get a free radio plus an additional free radio or free call box your choice yeah I think that's pretty cool and that I think that's the first time I've ever seen uh, a Motorola or Kenwood promotion or anything like that that uh, is offering a call box option uh, with their radios. I mean, we've seen the free radios before, but this is the first time that I've seen uh, any of these manufacturers giving away a call box, which is pretty cool. Yeah, well, uh, what this does, you can get the call box, which is great. And it works for a lot of businesses, but it's your choice. You get an extra free radio or the call box. So, like, yeah. let's look at um, look look at how good this promotion is. The the DLR series, for example, is the the small handheld, um, lightweight, digital radios. Yeah, right. It's it's nine hundred megahertz digital, and uh, they're pretty popular. It looks like a CLS series radio, which is very small. But they sell for about $210, I believe. Mm-hmm. You buy six, 
you can get two free radios. So that extra free radio has the effect of reducing the price overall to where the, the digital radios are the same as the analog. So if you were going to buy six CLS 1410s, but instead you bought six DLR 1020s, you would end up with eight radios mm-hmm. and the, the average price would be very close between the analog and the digital. So that's something uh, that it's probably time to consider moving to digital if you're buying this class of radio for because oh, of a rebate great. like this. It is a pretty awesome deal. I think it's a very good deal. It's the best deal Motorola's ever had on their business radio series that I've seen, that I can recall. Well, it's definitely the best deal Motorola's ever had in 2021. <laughs> it's the best deal of the year. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, and I think this goes on to the end of April 2021. So you've got some time to to uh, take advantage of this. But I would. I would take. I'd definitely take advantage of this. All right, well, I guess that does it for uh, most of what we have here. We do have some comments and questions from our blog and our forum at twowayradioforum.com. Um, the first one is uh, from the forum. It's... Uh, about the Midland Basecamp XT511, which I have one, by the way, here, and, and it's a great radio. Uh, this is from TTRM007, TTRM007, I guess. Uh, he's saying, looking for ideas. I have tried with multiple radios and across many channels, but I can't seem to get my Basecamp radio to transmit. I'm currently testing like this, channel 1, CTCSS off, DTS off, Every other setting on the XT511 off, radio receives fine from my other radios. When I hit the push to talk, other radios go to uh, receive. No voice comes through to the other radios. He says, I've tried. Oh, he says, I have tried with and without the external mic. I have everything unplugged. I'm starting to think it may just be bad hardware, but I can't figure out why the other radios would be going to uh, receive. The push-to-talk button is doing something, but maybe the mic circuit is shot. Thanks for any suggestions. And that is from TTRM007. Um, he's, he's trying to transmit. His radio receives fine from the other radios. He can hear them, but they can't hear him when he transmits from the XT511. It's that you've got this thing wide open, CTCSS is off. Uh, you know, you've got your, your privacy codes are off, which means you can pick up. He's picking up the other radio, but they've got a privacy tone set, so right. they're not hearing him. Exactly. Exactly. And what he really needs to do is he needs to figure out what privacy code they're using and then set his XT511 to that. And I think that should pretty much resolve his problem. So, um, uh, sounds that, good uh, to me. Yeah. Okay. Um, we've got a couple of, uh, comments here, and this is one about the FCC approving new ham and GMRS license fees. Uh, this is from Chuck. Chuck says, I wonder if this will drive up bootleggers in illegal usage myself. It ain't a bad fee, but if it's mostly automated process, why not just say 10 bucks and be done with it? Sure seems like a turnoff, but it'll weed out the noobs and keep licenses in the hands of interested individuals. And that's from Chuck. Um. Well, we had a whole episode debating uh, what we think is going to happen uh, or um, whether the fees are legitimate or a scam. And I don't know. I, I, I kind of yeah. don't mind it. I have another one here. This is from Dave. And uh, this is a comment. He, he's just commenting on uh, our last episode. And he says, Dear Rick, on the last podcast you correctly observed at 40-24 minutes, he got the, the exact time down, <laughs> that there's a disconnect between man- radio manufacturers and buyers uh, slash users. I think it's a bigger problem than the manufacturers must think. I also don't believe you three guys get enough credit from customers and manufacturers for all you do as a dealers. It's clear that some dealers simply sell what's sent to them without giving its market appeal and usefulness much thought beyond blaming makers for quality and blaming customers for knowing what they need. That's not you. 
Thank goodness. I didn't realize until recently how much work you collectively do trying to get a hole in the market plugged with a particular product like you did with the new Ocean GMRS mobile. If the manufacturers didn't have savvy dealers in the market like you guys, we'd all be forced to consider uninspired knockoffs sold by unenthusiastic resellers. And I think you should have an exclusive on the KG-1000G for a while just to reward you for your perseverance. And he says, best regards, and that's from Dave. Uh, And he's responding to uh, our last episode about the Ocean KG-1000G. Yeah, Um, I think that – I think he's right. And I think something that, that we've come to realize is that um, we do need to be more involved, especially when, when you're buying radios from the import dealers. Like a, a lot of these Chinese manufacturers, they, they have the capability and the knowledge to build good products, but they don't really have a pulse on the U.S. market. They don't, they don't really know what users here want. So I feel like we we can be a bridge between those manufacturers and the market. And um he's right if if things like the exclusivity on the KG1000G if if uh with things like that it makes it worthwhile for us to figure out what users want and spend all the time and effort it, it, and it, there is a lot involved in working with these manufacturers to get radios built that do everything that, that customers want. So we're, we're going to be up for more of that. It seems to have worked out pretty well so far. So um, please keep giving us feedback and keep letting us know what, what you need, because we do pay attention to that. We've, we've got to pay attention to that to keep being successful. Well, there's a cost involved too. I mean, it isn't cheap to to do this sort of thing. Uh, it, it's not just the the time, the effort, and and the research involved, but also there's quite a bit of cost involved in in making this happen. And um, comments like this make it really worth doing, uh, not just cost wise and everything else. It just makes the the just makes it worth the effort, knowing that there are people out there that really really do appreciate uh, what we're trying to do. And Dave, yeah. really, really thank you for the comments. It's really great. Yeah, it, it is great to hear that that what, I mean, it, it took a lot of time to, to get the 805G and the 1000G built. And now the radio we're talking about today isn't much different. I mean, the KGUV8H is another one that's exclusive to buy2waywradios.com where we had a hand in deciding what features this radio needed. So I, I really hope that everybody gives this radio a shot as well. Uh, I know it's new. It's probably going to take a little while for uh, the, the snowball effect to happen with it. But I, I'm really proud of the radio we talked about today. And I think that everybody's going to like it as well. All right. Well, I guess it does it for our comments and questions for this episode. Send in your comments and questions for Danny, Anthony, or myself to show at buy2wayradios.com. If you want to know more about today's topic or about two-way radios in general, check out our forum discussions at twowayradioforum.com. You can subscribe to the Two-Way Radio Show directly from our website at twowayradioshow.com or hear it on Apple Podcasts, Blueberry.com, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, pretty much everywhere where you can find a podcast, you'll find the Two-Way Radio Show. Um, well, I guess that does it uh, for this episode. Uh, before we go, any, any other final thoughts? I don't think so. All right. Well, today's show is sponsored by BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Whether you're searching for two-way radios for general consumer or business use, Buy2Way Radios can help you find the best solution for your needs. Enter the promo code SHOW at checkout and save an additional 5% off your order. Give us a call at 1-800-584-1445 or enter our live chat at BuyTwoWayRadios.com. Well, everyone, as always, thanks for listening. And until next time, for the Two-Way Radio Show, I'm Rick Savoya. And I'm Danny Feimster. And we're out.